ESPN LA. Welcome to the experience here on ESPN LA 710. For more information or to download more podcasts, please log on to ESPNLA.com and go to the podcast page, the experience show link and download podcasts or check me out on Twitter. A suicide attempt survivor is on a mission to find new fellow survivors and document their stories of unguarded courage, insight, and humor. She discovers a national community rising to transform personal struggles into action. Today we're talking about The S Word, which is a documentary by documentary filmmaker Lisa Klein. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lafer. Now, I was talking to a friend a couple weeks ago, and she was telling me about all of the great work that you're doing for not only our community, but for the world, um, about the S word, and the S is for suicide. And I was talking about how many athletes have uh, committed suicide due to concussions, and I thought this would be a great fit. Uh, Lisa, can you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and why suicide is is your mission in life to get rid of? Absolutely. When I was in college, both my father and brother took their own lives. And um, it wasn't like an overnight epiphany where I thought, okay, I need to do something about this. I went through the shame and not talking about it and all of that stuff for years and, um, you know, just trying to figure out how to talk about it and how to deal with it myself. And as I was um, researching our film, which was called Of Two Minds, which is uh, dealing with bipolar disorder, we had somebody in the film who who had taken her own life. It was their family. Her family was in the film. And I thought, okay, now I've, I've dealt with this now. And I realized that I hadn't. So I started uh, talking to people and I started researching and I came across something called Live Through This, which is um, one of many things. Uh, but uh, there's a photographer named Desiree Stage who is um, front and center in our, in our film. She's in our film. And she photographed attempt survivors, people who had attempted suicide and survived, and uh, tells their story. That's sort of what my, the folks was so I had contacted her and I realized that that was something that I wanted to pursue because I went into this as somebody who had lost loved ones to suicide so that was really the perspective that I was coming from because that's what I knew but but what I found you know through research and, and just meeting people in the community was this sort of thriving community of people who had attempted to take their lives and survived and are activists and advocates and, you know, people who are, who are working toward this to, to help prevent suicide and all of that. It doesn't mean they don't have bad days. It doesn't mean they don't think about suicide, but it's, it's sort of about getting more and more tools in their toolkit to kind of um, maintain every day. And so I started to see things from that perspective. Um, and I tried to mesh that together, you know, from uh, families who had lost people to suicide and people themselves who had attempted and survived. And how did you as a daughter and a sister get to the point where you can make this film? 
while. It, it took a while and it took a lot of, um, you know, soul searching and it took a lot of, you know, my friends saying you shouldn't do this, um, because it's going to be really hard. And, and there were days when it was really hard, but you know, it was a mission. And I, and I think again, like with most missions, you're, you're, you think, you start it one way and what you learn is completely different than what I had expected. And when I went into this, I think, although intellectually I knew that I wasn't necessarily going to get answers, like why my father took his life, why my brother took his life. But I think emotionally, I think I was searching for that. And, and it wasn't like I went and did this film and worked on this and met these people and then walked away and said, Oh, now I know because I don't. And, and I, I don't, I don't know that I know why they specifically, but I, there, there was definitely a, enlightenment and just, just by talking to people who have been there and, and hearing their stories because it really is about the stories yes. and it really is about, you know, hearing from people who've been on that edge. What about, what about you? How was it hard for you to say to people that your parents, that your father and your brother committed suicide? You know what? Early on, uh, it was really difficult, really difficult. I mean, er, like, you know, when I was in college and I had, I had, you know, my close friends who I would talk to and my family, but beyond that, you know, I mean, I was at the point where, you know, when people asked how they died, like even with my dad, it'd be like, well, his heart stopped. It's true. Yeah, it does. You know, I I couldn't I just couldn't say the words, particularly about my father. There was it was so low. You know, I I realized somewhere, you know, I I don't know when the exact moment was when I really had to sort of speak my truth in order to um, get involved with this and and really, you know, see how their death could help people, you know, to not take their lives, you know, to, to do whatever I could, um, just with, you know, with what, with, with what I know and, you know, moving forward. So I don't know if it was, you know, when my daughter was born and, and realizing, you know, I, I have to, there can't be any untruths here. Like everybody has to know there can't be any more secrets. Right. I think because my mom certainly didn't want to talk about it. She certainly couldn't talk about her son and it was just a really difficult time and I had so many questions and so few answers that finally I, I reached a point where th- I'm going to open up about this yeah. and I'm going to talk about my story. I didn't necessarily want the film to be my story. The film is not my story. I mean, I'm sure I'm in every frame because I'm talking to people and all of that, but you know, it isn't just, it isn't my story. It's everybody's story and it really is about people who continue to struggle with this lisa did you find a reason why people find it so shameful to say that they either tried to commit suicide or they have family relatives or friends that committed suicide so many reasons fear Fear is a big one. Fear of repercussions. Uh, and from somebody who had attempted and survived, the fear is, oh my God, I'm going to get locked up. People are going to think I'm, I'm, cra-, you know, using the word crazy and, and, you know, whatever. But, but, you know, uh, the police are going to come bang on my door and they're going to take me in a straight. The fears coming out and getting a job. Are they going to think that I'm erratic? You know, all of the stuff that, that, you know, is, is, 
understandable that somebody would feel that way because there is not a lot of empathy around this. Just understanding that somebody's struggling with something because everybody's struggling with something. Everybody is dealing with something. And, you know, this is one other thing. And if we can talk about it and talk about it openly, I think it's going to, I think it's going to change things dramatically. And then as a family member, it is, you know, particularly as a teenager, for me, it was like, wow, how does this reflect upon me? Because, you know, that's what I thought about with myself. I mean, aside from the grief and everything else, but also the discomfort of the person you're talking to. So when I did start telling my story, when I was talking about it, it's like nobody knows what to say. And a death is a death. But when it's something like suicide, it's like, you know, how, how does a friend react to that? How do you deal with that? You know, it isn't like a, a casserole death, you know, where people are going to come over and bring you something. I'm so sorry, but, you know, not that any death is good. Cancer isn't good. Um, old age, car accident, none of it's good. But it's all, it's more understandable. It's more visible. This is invisible and people don't understand and people don't, you know, and, and then, it, you know, there's so many different things like, you know, whether it's blame or was this person a coward or how could this person like this to their family? All these things that come from lack of education, ignorance, you know, not understanding that somebody is in so much pain. It isn't about oh, I just, you know, I want to die more than I can't imagine having waking up tomorrow morning in this much pain. Right. I was talking to my husband about, I, I went to this luncheon for suicide prevention and that was really my first, I mean, I've interviewed um, organizations that help people, um, but I've never really been exposed in the aspect I was at this luncheon where every single person who came up to the mic was like, I tried to commit suicide two times. I, I was the one who tried to commit suicide on the San Francisco bridge and survived. I, you know, and it was just went on and on and I'm just, and they were telling their stories of how hard it is to get through a day. And I didn't realize that, you know, if you're not exposed to, you know, mental health issues and what it takes for a person just to survive in one day to get through the day, you know, you don't know unless, you know, you I like I have you on my show talking about the S word. So it's it, it blew it my mind. It is. It's about the stories. It's about the humanity. It's about, you know, sort of people being three-dimensional, too. So to be defined by anything, to be defined by your, you know, whether it's diabetes or being defined by the fact that you're a, um, a dog breeder, you know, whatever it is, it's like you probably have, you know, at least 10 other traits, you know, right. you've got other things. So, yes, you're somebody who struggles with mental health issues and perhaps attempted suicide and survived, and then maybe you're an artist or you're an equestrian or whatever else is going on, and then it becomes about, you know, this is where you were when you were 23, and now yes. you're 33, and the tools in your toolkit keep increasing, you know, where you may have attempted suicide at, when exactly, you know, things were really bad, you broke up with your boyfriend or, you know, whatever it may be. And now, 10 years later, this is how you deal with it, whether right. it's, you know, going for a run or taking medication or going to your therapist or, you know, everybody is different and, and how you 
deal with these things is different. And so it's really about getting those coping mechanisms, I think. Lisa, I had read uh, once this athlete, he committed suicide and people were commenting and saying, well, if I had his money and I was, you know, Uh, this professional player, I would never commit suicide. And it's like, Uh, but it's the thing is that it doesn't matter if you are a high level playing football player or athlete or if you have a lot of money. None of that matters when it comes nope. down to your health and what's going on in your life. And it, nope. and I, I mean, I don't want to just put it all like on society as in regards to being a man. You have to be a man. You have to, you know, you can't ask for help. You you have to be strong and take care of the family. There are a lot of like psychological yep. issues that go into it as well. And it's just like. I'm thinking of suicide. How can I be doing this when I have a great career? I have a great family. Things are going great for me, but somehow in your somehow you have a mental disease that needs to be taken care of. Absolutely. And and suicide is one of the few things that does not discriminate. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, you have Robin Williams, you have you you have athletes, you have you have people who have seemingly at least on Facebook or wherever, incredible lives. But you don't know what's going on inside. You don't know what the struggles are and all of that. And it really is about looking into that person's eyes, exploring their humanity. And, and, and it does come down to society a lot of times. I mean, it's bigger than us. I mean, it really is a lot, you know, yes, yes people talk about, um, mental illness, people talk about childhood trauma, um, you know, whatever may be going on with somebody. But there is also the idea of of society and of our communities and, and being our brothers and sisters keepers and all of that stuff that, you know, may sound kumbaya or whatever. But it really is true. I mean, I, I talked to, you know, I've, I've probably interviewed, I don't know, 50, 75 people it came across a lot is like there, there's this this whole thing about God. If one person smiled at me, I would not have um, attempted. I would not have gone to that bridge. I would not have, you know, that that whole thing about like mm-hmm. you know trying to figure out does anybody care? Does anybody really see me? You know, all of that. And then yeah, and there's also just to um, to say there's there's a lot of things around language. And one thing, and again, there would be no way you would know this or that anybody would know this. We talk about it in film a little bit where people like the word commit, for example, just one example. When people say commit suicide, people are trying not to use that because it's like commit is such a loaded word. Like the other thing when they talk about suicide, when they talk about, well, that was a success. Um, a successful suicide or a failed suicide attempt, you never want to think of dying by suicide as successful, and you don't want to think about not dying by suicide as a failure. So there are all these little these things, too, that, you know, but, but I, anyway, I could get lost in the weeds with yeah. all of that. So. What, Lisa, when I was looking at your website, again, the, the com, the com, um, on your a uh, trailer for the movie a young lady who's african american talks about how she, her her as being black she can't say suicide nope black folks don't commit suicide that's a white yeah. folks problem you know what i mean she was saying that and then i was i looked at her I and mean, when i saw that i was like yeah it, i like as i grew up as an african american woman 
we really didn't hear much about that. I mean, I didn't hear about suicide, you know, and if someone in our family did, I don't know about it, you know. So just like you were talking about men, you know, having to be strong and all of that. She talks in the film a lot about being a strong black woman, you know, yes. the one who's taking care of everybody else. There are all these cultural sort of um, expectations. And that's tough, too, when you have to live up to whatever it is, you know, being the man and not talking. And there is a whole thing about, um, you know, the uh, middle-aged white man and suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, the young black, I mean, it's everywhere. It, it isn't just It doesn't one, discriminate, you know, right? Not at all. Not at all. So what were some of the things that you got from creating this film did you was there a sense of healing for you so much um you know one thing that was really important to me because this was in in my own experience and it's going to sound weird maybe is humor because yeah if you look at suicide not not funny you know there's not a lot of funny but it doesn't mean that people who have attempted suicide, just so we were talking about the three-dimensionality of people and the humanity, a lot of them are really funny. Like, trying to figure out different ways of coping and and seeing the way that, you know, seeing the ways that that people have coped and and what they've gone through. And I learned so much from the people who have experienced this. And, And we also have a family who lost their son and her brother uh, to suicide. And um, I mean, it's one family, but we see the sister and we see the parents and um, talking to them. There there was sort of a sense of community too, because I never, when, when stuff was going on with me, as I said, I talked to my close friends and stuff, but I never sought out groups like support groups and things like that. And I almost feel like I found one through making this, this movie. So that, that, you know, from a, from a personal standpoint and just meeting people and really sort of getting the ideas of, you know, first of all, also, like when, when people try to put anybody in a box, like, well, if you're this person, then you must be acting this way. If you try to attempt suicide, then you must be whatever. And they're all so different. They are all so different. And they come from different backgrounds and different experiences and all of that. And it, it, it isn't. I mean, there, there's certainly trauma. We do see trauma. We see, you know, we, we sort of see the, the gamut of this. But, um, yeah, I, I just think it's a constant learning experience that didn't end with, you know, with, with stopping um, the camera. In fact, we shot probably about 150 hours of footage. Wow. And um, my sort of company line is when I realized that the movie itself could not be 150 hours, we started – this thing called Yes Word Stories, and you may have seen that on the website too, where we're taking these like one minute pieces that did not make it into the film, but were really good um, of people just, you know, telling their stories or talking to therapists or whatever. So, and, and um, I know I'm giving a long rambly answer, but one other thing I'll say is in all of our like impact screenings that we did, mm-hmm. the one thing that happened pretty much every time is people saying, we, we just want, we want to hear the stories. We want to hear the stories. I mean, it's great to hear the, um, from the psychiatrists and the psychologists and the staff and all of that, but that's just shrunk way down because people wanted the personal stories. Yes. Uh, 
Can you talk about some other people in your film, The S Word? We we have four people who um, main main people who um, had attempted, and then we have a family, as I said, of of somebody who actually died by suicide. And just quickly, so we have Desiree Stage, who started live through this, which I was telling you about, where um, she takes portraits of people who had attempted suicide and survived and she interviews them and her own personal story about attempting and what she goes through on a day-to-day basis as somebody who has attempted and survived and is entrenched in this as, as, um, as an activist, as an advocate you know, for, for suicide prevention. And she goes around the country speaking and showing her photographs and showing her photographs around the country. And, um, also just, just her life, you know, dealing with her relationships and she's pretty funny and all of that. So, so Desiree is, is one of the the people in the film. And then we have Craig Miller who had attempted suicide when he was 20. He comes from a place of a lot of childhood trauma and he now has a family, a wife, and two kids, but, you know, still struggles a little bit. Um, but he is also go- he's going around the country speaking and talking about his experience. And, and there is something really healing, and this is something that I got even from, from interviewing people for the film, really healing about other people's stories. I mean, you know, that's from the beginning of time, you right. know, telling stories. And that's what you do. That's what you do for a living. And so when people hear about other people's experiences and can really get something from that and, you know, whatever the takeaway may be. And, and with Craig, his humanity just, it just shines through in every frame. And, and he, you know, talks about how just feeling free to cry and feeling free just to, to feel whatever it may be, because, you know, that's the other thing. It's like people don't, you know, often understand that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay Mm -hmm. to have a a bad day. It's okay. I mean, all of this stuff, we all go through that, Right. but but we're so scared about what other people are going to think. And, and Craig just really is really raw and just lays it out. And I love him. And, uh, Leah Harris, who is an activist, I mean, is on Capitol Hill fighting for legislation to um, to understand mental health better and to get benefits for people, you know, because the other thing that's going on, I mean, healthcare, God knows what is going on with healthcare. And um, again, when I started the film, it was a different, not to political, it was a different administration than it is now. So the idea of mental health care and mental health parity, we're in a really dark place because you know, it's one body, you know, the, the head and the, I mean, it's all one thing right. and there's no reason why, um, uh, mental health care and physical health care should be two different things. Why, why it shouldn't all be covered and all be taken care of, but it just isn't. So people have to fight for that. And that is one thing that, that, that Leia talks about, but just in general, again, she, she comes from a place of trauma and she, is really big on taking her pain and turning it into purpose. I mean, she she's fighting for 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 this stuff every single day, and it's amazing. And um, Kalechi, who we spoke about, who you know has the whole thing about the the strong black woman and all of that. Like, she came to California because she grew up in Atlanta, 
um, was really difficult being one of the few black kids in a white school and all of that and talks about, you know, talks about that and talks about her struggles and comes to California partially because the idea that she could take her experience and actually have a job around that. So she herself is um, advocating for mental health too and, and, and suicide. And, you know, so she has a regular job around that. And, um, and then Brandon was a suicide hotline supervisor. Oh, wow. And I know, and very, very beloved, wrote the handbook for the Dee Dee Hearst Center, which is in Los Angeles. But he um, was apparently an incredible human being who I, unfortunately, when we started the film, he had passed away, I think, two years before. But we talked to his parents, we talked to his sister, we talked to his best friend, and, you know, try to sort of create, you know, who, who you know, as, as a, a living, breed, you know, person who right. just helped so many people, and just couldn't, um, you know, for, for, what whatever was did not make it mm-hmm. and so we talk about you know we talk about him and what his family is doing now and all of that so that that's the you know the but see the film please come to the film yes and also you can get involved not only by seeing the film but you can host a screening of the film as well um and you can go to the s word movie.com this is espn la 710 i'm laferne cusack speaking with award-winning documentary filmmaker lisa klein and a director co-director of the s word uh, so lisa have you seen any changes over the years in the way society views people that have committed suicide or attempted suicide? You know, I have, again, it's, it's baby steps, but one thing that really blew my mind, and this is so, um, you know, under a microscope of, of you know, it, it shows how involved I am in the minutia of this, like really in, in the suicide prevention world. What was so interesting was the people who um, had lost people to suicide were going to these conferences and speaking and talking about their loved ones and their loss and all of that. But the people who had attempted suicide were not shunned, but not um, at the forefront. And at, um, I think it was 2014 American Association of Suicidology Conference, these people finally got a seat at the table. And there's this, as I, as I was saying, like I was right there, this active, active movement of people who are telling their stories who had been there. So I'm starting to see that open up. And as far as uh, like the empathy and the understanding, it seems again, baby steps, but it seems like it's, it's, it's getting there a little bit, but like with most things in the 24-hour news cycle, like yes. somebody takes their own life, and an athlete or a movie star or a pop singer or whoever it may be, um, then everybody's talking about it. And everybody's like all up in arms and then, and then it fades, right. just like with most things. And what I would like to see happen is where it becomes part of our conversation. It becomes part of our global conversation that it is, it is one other thing, you know, and there are a lot of things that we have to deal with as 
human beings and living in this global world. But this is another thing. And when we talk about it, just like when we talk about, you know, um, sexual harassment, rape on college campuses, things like that, it's going to open it's going to open doors. And again, I think what keeps them closed oftentimes is fear. And, and like on college campuses, people don't want to be known. Schools don't want to be known as the rape campus or the suicide campus. Right. But honestly, I would rather send my daughter to a school that does have those monikers because then I would know that they're being proactive and they're doing something about it. So if, they're, if they've acknowledged it and they've acknowledged that it's an issue because we know that it's everywhere – so if they've acknowledged it, it means that they're probably doing something about it. And I think that that is really, really important. And I think that is the first step. you got to acknowledge it, talk about it, and really make it. Because you're talking about, like, teenagers and people who have, a, you know, or just any any anybody mm-hmm. who has a hard time talking about this stuff. So it just goes deeper and deeper into their, into their souls, into their, you know, systems where they can't. There's, there's nowhere else to go. And then dying seems like the only option because they can't, you know, so sometimes the silence is even, is, is, is worse than the actual struggle. Yes. And also on your website under uh, S word stories, you have the 13 reasons why not. <laughs> um, can right. you talk about that, that show and how that also is bringing light to the issue? Well, it's interesting because in the suicide prevention community, it's a pretty controversial show. Many, many people, I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I watched it with my then 13 year old daughter. Um, and it, my, some issues were the fact that they were bringing it to light. That's, that's a really positive thing. Um, having an, a title like 13 Reasons Why means these are the reasons why I died. You're the reason, you're the reason, you're the reason. So all oh. the responsibility goes to these other people. And also it was kind of a revenge fantasy because she was dead and all these other people had tapes about them. So, I mean, there are, you know, there's things that are coming back for another season. I don't know what they're going to do, but in Michigan, which is where I'm from originally. Um, but I, when I was back there showing the film, I met this group of people who started something called 13 Reasons Why Not, which is, takes the opposite approach. And th- this group of high school students, it just it blew me away. It just blew me away. And I'm, I'm going to do a conference with them and stuff, and I want to work with them as much as I can. I'd, lo- I'd love to see this program in every high school across the country. But Basically, what it is, is sort of turning it upside down and saying, for example, Laferne, you're one of the 13 reasons why I did not take my own life. You're one of the reasons why I'm still here, because you stayed up with me all night and you listened to me and you were there for me. You know, so basically they, they talk about why they did not take their lives mm-hmm. and how people have affected them in that way. Wow. Yeah. And that's one thing that um, a lot, well, I think the conversation is changing to where it's, okay, what is it about me that, or what can I do to change? What what can I do to change the situation that I'm in versus, like you were saying, well, you, you, and you, and you. It's a more, I think, our world is shifting to 
what can I do? What can I do to help heal? What can I do to help, you know, this other person? What can I do to help myself? Do you feel that way? Or do you do you understand what I'm saying? I think I do. I, I, I feel like it's a... I don't know that there's anything that one person alone can do. I do feel like this is like a collective responsibility, um, which I got actually from Leah Harris, who is also, you know, she's in the film and is just incredible. Been doing this work for a lot longer than I have. And um, the idea that when we sort of work together, when we, when we talk about stuff, when we, you know, that's sort of where the, the healing comes from and the education comes from and all of that. So, you know, just, just like the idea. But on the other hand, see, it, it's really, really complex because we do want people to feel enabled. Like when somebody says, I oh, God, you know, this person is thinking about suicide. I can't talk to them. I have to call 911. Not necessarily. Because if you really care about somebody, you know, somebody's in your life and they're really struggling, sometimes all you need to do, at least to begin this process, is because, you know, yeah, if you say, well, you know, if you go do yoga and then if you take these pills, then you're going to be okay. Um, right. That might not be the that, best approach. That's to, a Band-Aid, give, right? Yeah, that's the Band-Aid and that's, you know, the person giving advice and all that. If you are, if you actively listen to somebody, like if you really listen to them, that's really healing for so many reasons because you're letting the person express themselves, tell you what's going on, and they feel heard and they feel like, wow, maybe somebody really does care. I mean, that's, you know, the first step, you know, just getting somebody to feel safe and then figuring out because really what it's going to come down to ultimately is the person. The person is going to have to figure out what the best path for them is to, you know, to, to getting to the place. And also, again, it's incredibly complex, but understanding that it isn't like, oh my God, I attempted suicide and now I'm cured and I'm never going to feel that way again. No, but understanding that this is something, you know, whatever you may be living with, you know, whether you're living with a limp or you're living with um, a bad eye or you're living with suicidal ideation, whatever it may be, it's like, okay, how do I live with this? Right. You know, do I put a brace on my leg? Do I wear corrective lenses? Do I know that when I'm feeling a certain way, the best thing to do is to, you know, go for a run and listen to a podcast, whatever it may be, you know, just figuring out all the things that are going to help move you forward. But to understand, again, the idea that it's okay to not be okay. Right. But you, you, right. Right. Rather than, oh my God, what's wrong with me? What's wrong right. with me? Oh my, and then you get into this cycle of, of just, you know, it's like, uh, there's nothing I can do. I just may as well not be here anymore because I can't do anything because something terribly is wrong with me and I don't know what to do. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, again, but, it's but getting very- to, getting to the point of, I mean, this, if you take out, well, I, cause I, I can't speak to mental health issues, but if we as, human beings can stop and and n- stop ignoring what reality is saying in front of us like oh i'm having suicidal thoughts or i'm feeling depressed or you know exactly what you are saying then we can take that shame out of the equation or take out the what needs to be done or the um the uh um 
if you're you're trying to ignore what reality is, then that leads to death. Because if you're ignoring that there, there's a car in front of me, I need to step out of the way because it's coming really fast. You know, it's yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. It, it, again, it's 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 figuring out how you're going to make this work for you and, and you're taking whatever the reality is and how you're going to shape it into your own life. And right. it's, yeah, not easy always. Yeah, it's not at all. It's no. not. And it, no. it is taken like even, you know, myself, and I could only speak for myself is that sometimes I say, well, I was in the matrix. Well, I'm still partly in the matrix still, but you don't know that you're in the matrix until you learn and experience new things that go, Oh, this feels better than that. Or, Oh, I don't have to, I don't have to contribute to this if I don't want to, or, you know, or some other thing that you're saying, Oh, well, life, life can actually be fun and different if I don't give into this person's, you know, insanity. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do. And, and you, you brought up a great point about the matrix because when you're in it, whatever you're in, yeah. you can't see, No, you can't see out of it. So you have to wait till you're out of it. And that's, a, that's another complicated thing. Like let's say you're drawing up your safety plan. You're figuring out what is going to make you feel safe. So if you're in a really bad place and you're feeling suicidal, you're feeling really depressed or whatever, what works for you so you know that, you know, taking your dog for a walk or calling your mother, whatever the five, ten things are in your safety plan. But but I guarantee you, when you're going through it and you're at your lowest point, you're not going to come up with those things yes. because you're in it. So you have to be out of it to come up with, okay, and, and to, to see it. That's what makes it so hard because you have to see you have to remember what you were feeling like and be able to figure out what is going to work for you when that happens. So it's, it's work. It's a lot of work. You know, it's, it's work. It is a lot of work, but then there's also having a team by you that can, you know, be your foundation, you know, that if you find that support system. And I love that on your website, again, the, the S word com. There's a lot of resources that you yeah. provide. Do you team up with a lot of um, organizations that uh, is suicide for prevention and provides help? We do. We do. Because, I mean, there are people out there who care. I mean, there are people out there who are going to listen. And, and, you know, we all know what it's like to feel like we're the only ones and to feel alone and all of those things. But we really aren't. We really are not alone, and there are people there to listen. And, yeah, we, we, we list as many resources as, as we can because, you know, the person, one person may not want to call uh, a suicide hotline. Somebody else may want to text. Somebody else may want a warm line where they're talking to peers. Um, somebody might, may want an LGBT uh, community where they can just talk to, you know, or there may be a veteran who wants to talk to, you know, there are times when we we're feeling really cloistered, you know, like we, we, but we want to, we want to feel like the only people are, who are going to understand us are fellow veterans or fellow trans people or fellow, you know, whatever, because they're the people who are going to understand our experience. There are people who may be able to go beyond that and, and try to, 
empathize no matter what you're going through. But there, you know, there are times when talking to, to like-minded people or people who get where you're coming from, that might work for some people. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're, we're trying, um, you know, just, yeah. Right. Right. Um, so where do you see the S word going from here? Like how can, how can we help and how can we get involved and, what are your thoughts on on the movie? Here, here's what we want to do. I mean, the the film, we're going back out. We, we were out on the road in September and October just going to colleges and um, mental health organizations and all of that, and we're doing that again in February. And then eventually we're, we're going to really, I feel like it's really important to take the educational route first. We're doing festivals at the same time, but... But to, but to also, you know, take the educational route, we want to get into as many high schools. We just did a one-hour version for high schools and stuff. And just to kind of get the film out there as much as we can. But beyond the film, you know, that's why we have this thing called the S-Word Stories, where we're really encouraging. I mean, we have the ones that we filmed that, you know, we're doing. We're also really encouraging people to tell their stories and to write, you know, to write their stories. And we'll post them on our website and all of that. And eventually, you know, people want to um, film selfies of them telling their stories. We can, you know, post that. We just want to keep the conversation going as much as possible. We want to get the film out there to as many people as, you know, we'll see it. Like when people say, who do you want to see your film? You know, to say everybody in the world. Um, because I, I do feel like, yes, we have, we have our choir who we're preaching to, which are people who, you know, who are people who um, have lost people to suicide and people who themselves have attempted. And, and you know, we have that audience. And then there's the, the, the people who think that they don't know anybody, which if you're past the age of 13, you know somebody, at least you know somebody who knows somebody. So there's that. But, but we also feel like people who feel that they don't know anybody or don't know anything about it, we would love everyone to see it. Just, just to, even if you take away one thing, you know, where right. you know that you can be an advocate for somebody else, you can be a friend to somebody else, you can listen to somebody, you know, whatever you may take away or you feel less alone when you're feeling really dead, whatever it may be, you know, I feel like there is something there mm-hmm. um absolutely and i again w- storytelling is i think the key f- to make it not as hush hush in families anymore i mean there i think now is the time for us not to hide anything and as you can see in the news no one can hide anything anymore and right and i think that's great because it's uh, you know, I, I want to say, well, there's more transparency, but, you know, it's it's about yeah. being real. Absolutely. And, and, and you brought up a great point, which is the, the double-edged sword that is social media, um, where we are exposed all the time. And, you know, when, when people when people ask, well, do you think the suicide rates are going up because of Facebook? And, you, get, you know, to, 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 to make it to, to oversimplify something like that is kind of ridiculous. But if you look at something like social media where there's so much good because you have these communities of people, whether they want to be anonymous or not anonymous or however they want to, you know, be able to talk to, you know, we, we just we sort of got this Tumblr thing and we were doing like questions and answers and some people were anonymous in their questions and some people had their, um, their, their name up there and, you know, it, it, it depended. But, you know, stuff like that where people can really feel like there's a community of people who, who care about them. Mm-hmm. 
And then on the other hand, the the darker side of that is the side that we hear about all the time, which is, you know, the bullying or the shaming or, you know, whatever. So if we can figure out, it isn't like, you know, Pandora's box has been open, so we have it. So now it's figuring out how to use it responsibly, how to use it for good, not evil, and um, how can we make social media work for, you know, in this case, suicide prevention. And it really is getting these groups together in these communities and all of that. So if we can figure that out, that's fantastic. But it's, you know, there's always going to be abuse. Yes. Because that's just the way it is. Um, but, but yeah, so that, that is one, that is one aspect that um, I think we really need to figure out how to use those tools. Absolutely. And, what I love, you know, about doing the show is I get to meet people like you, Lisa, that are really making a change in our community, that are really a catalyst for change in the world. And I thank you. And I and I I'm so thankful. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That's that's very nice to say. I feel like we're 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 a small part of of the, this wheel that's really trying. People are really trying to make change, and people are really trying. And that's why you know we keep going back to talking about it and taking it out of the the shame closet, which I think I'm quoting Desiree Stage on that. I, that you know, whoever coined that term, but um, but it's true. It's like once stuff come, starts coming out, and people can feel more at ease to at least be able to talk. You're just taking one one pressure off of somebody because secrets, they just never seem to, they never seem to work for people. Right. You know, secrets seem to, you know, kind of divide us. Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. I, th- I thank you so much for sharing your story. Again, how can we take part and be more with the S word or learn more about the S word? Well, we would love you to come to, you know, be part of our sort of Facebook family, um, which is uh, the S word, or you can go to at Suadoc and Twitter also. And then um, Tumblr is the S word stories.com, maybe. Um, I'm not, yeah, I think that's what it is. And then you have the, the S word movie.com on the, on the, um, on our website. And to get involved, I mean, we would love you to write us and be involved, you know, whether it's telling your story or if you feel like there's something that, that, you know, you want to contribute to what we're doing, you know, you have an idea like, wow, if you go to this high school, maybe you could do this program. I mean, that's how sort of we learned about 13 Reasons Why Not. I mean, we would love to hear from you what's going on in the, in, you know, in your community and how we can help in your community and how we can work together. So we're pretty open about stuff like that. I mean, if you want to write us, um, also, madpixfilms at gmail.com where you can, you know, write and send, you know, whatever ideas you have and stuff like that. So we're, you know, we're pretty open to, to see how we can, you know, work with you too. And, um, yeah. Great. We're, we'd love it. And yeah, of course, if people want to donate to the film so we can go to more high schools, yeah, we have this idea of going to as many high schools as we possibly can. And I'm kind of, my thought process is using like the Tom shoes model, you know, where if you um, support, let's say we go to, I'm just going to say, you know, university of Michigan or whatever, and we're going there. And then by, by going there and you've supported that screening, we can take, 
some of, we're already there and we're in Michigan, we can go to X high school, you know, Ann Arbor high school or whatever. And, you know, and, and be able to do that for free because we were supported by going to whatever the health organization or the college or whatever. So by funding, you know, or people can help fund us going to various high schools around the country because high schools, particularly public high schools, it's not like they're, you know, giant money machines <laughs> and, right. their mother, and their money needs to go toward education. So any way you can support uh, the, the S word going to these schools across the country, um, that would be fantastic. The website, there are ways to donate um, and you could do your donations specifically. You could write on there that you want it to go to, you know, whether it's going to high schools or going to colleges or, you know, being able to, like we had somebody give us a grant to go to uh, some mental health organizations and that they paid for as opposed to the mental health organization itself. And so there are ways to help in that way just to, you know, to get it, to get it out there. Well, thank you so much again award-winning documentary filmmaker Lisa Klein and co-director of The S Word. Let's stop making suicide such a shame word. It's not it's not a shame word. So thank you so much, Absolutely. Lisa. Absolutely. Thank you, Laferne. Thank you very much for having me. I'm Laferne Cusack. This is ESPN LA 710. ESPN LA 710.